And you can follow along in your own Bible, or it's going to be on the screen behind me, or you can just listen as I read. After they nailed him to the cross, the soldiers gambled for his clothes by throwing dice. Then they sat around and kept guard as he hung there. A sign was fastened above Jesus' head, announcing the charge against him. It read, this is Jesus, King of the Jews. Two revolutionaries were crucified with him, one on his right and one on his left. The people passing by shouted abuse, shaking their heads in mockery. Look at you now, they yelled at him. You said you were going to destroy the temple and rebuild it in three days. Well then, if you are the son of God, save yourself, come down from the cross. The leading priests, the teachers of religious law and the elders also mocked Jesus. He saved others, they scoffed, but he can't save himself. So he is the king of Israel, is he? Let him come down from the cross right now and we'll believe in him. He trusted God, so let God rescue him now if he wants him. For he said, I am the son of God. Even the revolutionaries who were crucified with him ridiculed him in the same way. And then verse 54. The Roman officer and the other soldiers at the crucifixion were terrified by the earthquake and all that had happened. They said... This man truly was the Son of God. This is the word of the Lord. Please grab a seat, guys. Good morning, everyone. So good to see all of you on this Resurrection Sunday. Uh, this is a time in the Christian calendar uh, where it's a time of celebration and victory. And so uh, for some of you, if the music was a little bit louder and it seemed that uh, there was a sense of jubilation, uh, it was intentional. Um, just like we might get together when the Patriots, the Bruins, um, the Celtics, all of our sport teams, when they win a championship and we get all the duck boats together and there is a time of victory and celebration. Come on, Boston sports fans, where are you at? Oh my goodness, that was weak. We, we, we've got some New York guests here, so we've got to show them. Boston sports fans, where are you at? All right, all right, that was okay for, for today. But in the same way that when there is a time of celebration, when we think about sports and victory, we think about triumph. We think about uh, the intensity that happens in that uh, sporting events. And at the end of it, you crown someone who is the victor. And today is the day that we commemorate when Jesus was crowned victorious over all hell and the grave. And because of that, that is the reason why we celebrate. That is the reason why we sing. That is the reason why we are here today. And so uh, uh, pardon us if we're a little bit uncouth today. Uh, we're just a little bit excited about what God has done for us. Amen. 
Amen. Amen. Um, my name is Pastor Joseph Ardafio, and I, I'm the uh, lead pastor at Mars Hill Fellowship Church. And uh, as has mentioned, we want to say welcome to all of you who are with us for the very first time. If this is your first time here, we don't want you to say anything, but we just want to wave at you. If you're any first-time visitors that are here today, we just want to wave. Anybody? Amen. 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 Come on, Mars Hill and High Rock. Can we celebrate our visitors today. Uh, we're so glad that you're worshiping with us on this Resurrection Sunday, and uh, we pray that uh, you were blessed by the, the ministry of music. And uh, wasn't our choir amazing today? Amen. 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 Thank you to our worship team and choir, and uh, we look forward to hearing you guys again in the future. Amen. Um, this morning, um, I want to just share with you a brief, brief message entitled, It's Not the End, It's Just the Beginning. It's not the end, it's just the beginning. Uh, oftentimes, you know, uh, as we're going into a text, um, the, the preacher will build up to a climax and get to a point where they want all of us to be able to understand a truth that comes from the word of God. And uh, this morning before I share my message, I'm going to do what a preacher is not supposed to do. I'm going to tell you the end before the beginning. And the end is simply this in the words of the Apostle Paul in Ephesians chapter number 2. Once you were dead because of your disobedience and your many sins, you used to live in sin just like the rest of the world, obeying the devil, the commander of the powers in this unseen world. He is a spirit at work in the hearts of those who refuse to obey God. All of us used to live that way, following the passionate desires and inclinations of our sinful natures. By our very nature, we were subject to God's anger, just like everyone else. But here is the punchline that if you don't hear anything else that I say today, this is the truth that we profess on this Resurrection Sunday. But God, who is so rich in mercy, and he loved us so much that even though we were dead because of our sins, he gave us life when he raised Christ from the dead. For he raised us from the dead along with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ Jesus. The good news today is that you've been risen to life. And as we reflect upon the story of one man who came to this earth, who lived a life, who went through all of the experiences that we go through, who went through the ups and downs, the I like to call it the vicissitudes of life. This one man willingly laid down his life and paid the price for all of our sins. The good news today is that it's paid. It's paid in full, and we can rejoice. Our sins have been pardoned. 
they've been washed away, and we've been raised to life in Christ Jesus. Will you pray with me this morning? Father, we thank you so much for your word, which is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. We thank you, Lord, on this Resurrection Sunday, that as we reflect upon the finished work of the cross of Calvary, Lord, sometimes it's so easy to get to the time of victory, but Lord, help us as we settle for a moment in the place of pain, in the darkness of the Saturday, so that we can then appreciate the resurrection on Sunday. Father, some of us who are here today, we find ourselves at different stations, different places, and some of us are even struggling to understand, Lord, who are you? And what does this celebration of Easter have to do with me? I pray that as your word goes forth this morning, that all of us who are here today would reflect upon the powerful work that was accomplished upon the cross. And it may bring new life and new meaning to each and every one of us. It's in Christ Jesus' name we do pray. And everybody said, amen and amen. The old adage used to be that with age comes wisdom. In our modern technological age, the new principle or the new way that we can say it is, if it isn't on Google, it doesn't exist. It feels so true. I grew up in a day and age where, if some of you can remember, there were encyclopedias, grandparents, and card catalogs. These were items of stories that would be shared and passed down in the oral tradition. And as it was written, it was edited and made sure that it was presented in a way and you had to seek out in order to find knowledge and information. But in an age where Wikipedia and other information is right at the tip of our, of our fingertips, it can sometimes be difficult to understand matters that require more than just intellectual assent, but require us to walk by faith and not by sight. In a day and age where... You know, before you had to actually read the 400 pages of the book in order to get to the ending and be able to know what happens at the end. Well, when you get to page 23 and you're tired of reading, all you have to do is go look it up, go watch the video, or hear someone's cliff notes. The truth of the matter is that as we go throughout this life, more and more we like to get to the ending points because it is difficult when we have to sit through times of uncertainty or sit through places where we don't know what the ending will be or how it will come to pass. And that challenges us because those places are often uncomfortable. I don't know about you, but it wasn't the last day. I can't think of a day where I woke up and said, you know what, I want to be uncomfortable for a little while. But the reality is that in this life, 
there will be times and seasons where the circumstances that we face and the things that we experience and the things that we go through, in the midst of it, right at that very moment, we may not understand the fullness of what is happening, but if we give up at that point, we never get to the beauty that unfolds. There are some things that you will never be able to experience until you walk through the periods of uncertainty and not always knowing. When I look around me and the experiences that I've gone through, I see so many things in this world that often seem like coincidence or accidental. But the gospel writers help us to understand that there was a life that was not by accident, but it was lived on purpose each and every day until this man breathed his last breath. And this man was named Jesus. On this past Friday, we celebrated what is known in the Christian calendar as Good Friday. And while we have the benefit of hindsight, let us think about what it was like as the believers who were there in that very moment, and they were not expecting the cross. They were not expecting Jesus to be put to death, and they certainly did not know how to process what was happening. How many of you can be honest to say that you've gone through certain experiences where you did not expect it, you did not know that that was coming, and you certainly did not know, how do I process everything that has happened. If you're like me, those may happen on a daily occurrence where life comes and throws at you things. Sometimes you know, sometimes you prepared for it, but sometimes you haven't prepared for it. Sometimes it was unexpected. Sometimes you never knew it was coming, but yet in the midst of it all, you've got to learn how do I process the pain that I'm going through. Remember what the journey was like for them. On Palm Sunday, it was a time of great joy. Jesus had entered triumphantly into Jerusalem on a donkey that had never been ridden. They exclaimed, Hosanna, save us. They expected Jesus to be the coronated king. But less than a week later, he would be on trial for blasphemy as he claimed to be the king of the Jews or the son of God. Jesus stood before Pilate and Pilate, the Roman governor, asked him, this question, are you the king of the Jews? This was a question of monumental significance. In John, we get a recounting, the gospel of John, we get a recounting of how Jesus interacted with Pilate, and he said, my kingdom is not an earthly kingdom. If it were, my followers would fight to keep me from being handed over to the Jewish leaders, but my kingdom is not of this world. And Pilate said, so you are a king? And Jesus said, 
You say I am a king. Actually, I was born and came into this world to testify to the truth. All who love the truth recognize that what I say is true. Jesus was making some very bold claims. And even before Pontius Pilate, the governor, Pontius struggled to recognize what was happening and what was taking place in that very moment with the truths, the claims that uh, Jesus was presenting. And like Pontius Pilate, some of us, when we hear the claims or when we hear people singing about Jesus, when we hear the songs about he paid the debt, he paid the price, we look at it and say, well, I've never experienced that. I don't know what that looks like. So it doesn't ring true to me. And we see what happened when their perspective overtook everything that was going on. After being betrayed by one of his own disciples, Judas, Jesus was sentenced to death for blasphemy. And that's where we pick up the text today in the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 27 and verse 35. As one who was sentenced to death, the word says that they took him. And after they'd gotten to a place called Golgotha, they nailed him to the cross. On Friday, we spent time reflecting what it was like seeing Jesus hanging on the cross, nails piercing his arms, the crown of thorns upon his head, the gruesomeness of it, but having to sit in that place of pain and difficulty. Some of us, we've had to sit in places of pain and difficulty, wondering, does anyone care? Does anyone see the pain that I'm going through? Does anyone relate to all that is happening? And Jesus, sinless, who did no wrong, He sat there, one by one, the nails pierced his hands. After they had nailed him to the cross, the soldiers who thought, oh, just another common criminal, they gambled for his clothes by throwing dice. Then they sat around And kept guard as he hung there. And one of the most chilling acts then happens in verse number 37 of the Gospel of Matthew. It says, a sign was fastened above Jesus' head. Announcing the charge against him, it read, this is Jesus the king of the Jews. 
By no means were they affirming who he was. In fact, what they were doing was an ancient practice where in Roman times, one of the customary punishments would be as they were experiencing death or whatever was happening as their punishment. They would affix a sign next to the person who had committed the crime. And this was so that everyone would know the accusation against the individual and so that they would not follow the same actions. They put a sign over his head saying, this is the king of the Jews. But in reality, it was the accusation that they had against him. What kind of king would hang on a cross? What kind of king would wear a crown of thorns? What kind of king would not save himself? What kind of king would not have a legion of armies come to rescue him? They mocked him. And as they mocked him, look as the text continues on to say there in verse number 39. The people passing by shouted abuse, shaking their heads in mockery. Look at you now, they yelled. You said you were going to destroy the temple and rebuild it in three days. Well then, if you're the son of God, save yourself and come down from the cross. Verse 42, he saved others, they scoffed, but he cannot save himself. So he is the king of Israel, is he? Let him come down from the cross right now, and we will believe in him. He trusted God, so let God rescue him now if he wants him. When I think of what happened to these believers, the idea of who God was and what God would do was locked into the perspective of their experience. And when Jesus didn't do what they expected him to do, they gave up hope in him. Let's be honest. It's easy to give up hope in people this day and age. When people disappoint us or don't perform the way that we expect, it's easy to write them off as fake, not real, or not a true friend. And much like in the same way, it is easy for us to write off God as not real when God doesn't do what we expect him to do. The people scoffed. You said you were going to destroy this temple and rebuild it in three days. And sometimes in my heart, I've exclaimed, Lord, I thought that you would give me the desires of my heart. Why am I experiencing these challenges or these difficulties? Or maybe you've experienced the pinnacle of blessings in your life, family, career, wealth, only to get these items and to be left wanting for something more. 
One of the most fundamental flaws that people have about God is that they judge his truthfulness based upon what I call snapshots in time. See, a snapshot is just a moment in time. And like a still picture, it captures a moment. But if you don't let the movie play, you'll never see what comes out of that very moment. The snapshot gives way to a greater story. And as the story unfolds, you see beauty in what God always does. Good Friday represents what seemingly was one of the lowest points of time for Jesus' life. But in reality, it wasn't the end. It was just the beginning. I don't know about you, but I, I have this innate habit that I like to know what's going to happen. I don't like to be surprised, so I like to find out all of the details. So one of the things that bothers Pastor Ophelia when we're watching shows together is that as we're watching a show, some type of action will happen in the midst of the show. Take one of my favorite shows, CSI, or, uh, or one, of, one, of, one of those favorite shows. But always when something happens, the first thing that Pastor Ophelia always notices me do is I look down to what time is it on the clock. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get to something. I'm going to help you understand something. This is something I've learned. If there's drama and it's 10 minutes into the show of a 30-minute show, the person's not going to die. You still got 20 more minutes of plot that are left to be there. But I realize that I do that because I don't want to cope with the fact of uncertainty 10 minutes into the show. I don't want to deal with something that surprises me, something that I did not expect. And it's easier for me to say, forget it, turn off the show. I don't want to have to deal with any of this than to deal with the reality that in that next 20 minutes, something may happen. But there is going to be an ending that is going to pull it together. And here we see in a moment that those who were there around Jesus. They had went to a time. They had walked with Jesus. They had heard his teaching. They had seen him do great miracles. And now there's this moment where he comes to the cross. And then Saturday happens. The brutality of Jesus dying on the cross. The brutality of seeing your hope laid without breath on the cross. And Joseph of Arimathea takes the body of Jesus off the cross and takes it to a tomb and lays him there. 
Can I be honest with you? Sometimes I don't expect anything from God because I don't want to be disappointed by God. Sometimes I've refused to trust God's word because I'd rather just not deal with disappointment or things not going the way that I thought they would go. I thought it would be easier if I just forget about it all rather than having to deal with moments where there were uncertainty. But I still had to trust. Saturday represents the life that many of us go through. That while there's something that has happened dramatically, we're still wrestling because maybe the circumstances in our life don't line up with the truth that we know. But the beauty is this, that for the Good Friday and the pain that we saw of our Savior upon the cross, for the Saturday when Jesus was separated from the Father, away from the one who he had eternally be with, there was news on Sunday morning. The word of God tells us later on in Matthew 27, early on Sunday morning, as the new day was dawning, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went out to visit the tomb. In truth, they had set their sights on the fact, well, maybe we had just misunderstood Maybe we just had missed the mark. And so they went there to take care of the burial rites for Jesus. But as they went there, suddenly there was a great earthquake. And the angel of the Lord came down from heaven, rolled away the stone, and sat on it. His face shone like lightning, and his clothing was as white as snow. The guards shook with fear when they saw him, and they fell into a dead faint. Then the angel spoke to the woman, don't be afraid, he said. I know you are looking for Jesus who was crucified. He isn't here. He has risen from the dead, just as he said would happen. Come, see where his body was lying, and now go quickly and tell his disciples that he has risen from the dead, and he is going ahead of you to Galilee. You will see him there. Remember what I have told you. See, if you only took the snapshots, you never get to early Sunday morning. And so many times life wants us to cut it off and we sit in the places of the snapshots of our pain, the snapshots of our difficulties, the snapshots of the things that we did not understand. But I've come here on this Resurrection Sunday morning to bring you good news. The movie isn't done. If you keep on watching, if you keep on allowing God to work in the midst of your life, 
you will see how he will take even the things that don't even make sense and he will turn them around and use it for his good and his glory. I stand here not as someone who just professes what the word of God tells you, but I stand here as someone who's lived this very truth. A little over a year and a half ago, I was diagnosed with end-stage renal disease, which meant that my kidneys were failing and that I had to be put on dialysis, which required five days a week treatment. And so over the course of these last two years, the challenges have come. And in the midst of some of those challenges, there have been days where I wondered, Lord, why would I have to go through this? Come on, I mean, let, let me be honest. Can, can, I, can, I, I mean, can, I, can I talk like Paul talked for a moment? <laughs> the Apostle Paul, he talked about how he was the Jew of Jews. He, was, he had done and had been faithful. And I'll be honest that there were times as I was going through this that I was looking to God and say, Lord, I sacrificed and said, Lord, I will serve your people and serve your will. And here in the midst of all of that, I was wrestling for my very life. But in the midst of it all, I recognize that not only did resurrection power raise Christ Jesus from the dead, but the word of God tells us by the stripes that were shed on Calvary, we are healed. Every single price, every single sin, every single sickness, every single disease, Jesus took it upon himself on that cross, and he did it so that the great exchange could be made. So, yes, do we have to experience some things in this earth? We absolutely do. But at the end of it, I know that the God that I serve is more than faithful, and the same God that raised Christ Jesus from the dead has promised that he will raise me to new life in him. And so what is the reminder this morning to us, Mars Hill and High Rock? The reminder on Easter Sunday is not that we come to church in order to say, Mom, Dad, I went to church, or, or I, I made sure I went and heard the message. But the reminder is that we come together and fellowship and worship together because we come to serve a mighty God. And sometimes in the midst of serving a mighty God, you might be in the Saturday between your Good Friday and your Resurrection Sunday. You might be in places where you wonder, God, where are you at? But the reminder is, just as Resurrection Sunday is always coming in the midst of our lives, he says this, and I know that all things are working together for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. I've come here today to declare to you that the same power that raised Christ Jesus from the dead is working within you and within me. So what do we do? Whatever we're going through, we remind ourselves that Jesus went through more than just enduring shame. It was not only that they mocked him upon the cross, but he literally experienced death, 
so that we could live. So what does that tell us? It tells us that some of us, our prayer today on Easter Sunday is, Lord, increase my faith. When I'm in the shadows of Good Friday and it feels like all hope is gone, Lord, increase my faith to trust that you'll bring it around and you'll turn it around for our good. Some of you are here today, and maybe this is the first time that you heard the story of what Jesus did for you and for me. And maybe your response today is to say, Lord, I know I've Googled everything, I've found everything, but I recognize today some things someone else can't tell me about, I have to experience and believe for myself. There are plenty of people who are prognosticators who will tell you, why would you serve a God like that? But I invite you to have an experience with him. And as you will see, the same way that the people experienced on that day, after the earthquake came, they looked and they turned and they said, this man truly was the son of God. Believe on him and you shall have eternal life. These things have been written for us and the word, the Bible has been given to us so that by believing in the one, Jesus Christ, we may have life by the power of his name. Every head bowed and every eye closed, and I invite the musicians to come forward. This morning, I just want to pray for us as we reflect upon this wonderful day of Resurrection Sunday. The truth is that this is a victorious day, but some of us, we're still waiting. We're still looking at experiences in front of us and wondering, how does this victory reflect my own life? The Bible declared it, and I gave it at the beginning of the message. Once we were dead in our sins, meaning that we had done things that were against God's will. And as a result, we were sentenced. The wages of sin is death. But the reminder to us is that the gift of God is eternal life. What Jesus says to us is that through him and through the sacrifice that he made on the cross of Calvary, we can have eternal life in Christ Jesus. With every head bowed and every eye closed, as we reflect upon this Resurrection Sunday, what a beautiful opportunity that God has given to us 
that today can be a day of new life, of resurrection life through Christ Jesus. And I want to make an invitation, a personal invitation to you this morning. If you're here today and maybe you've been coming to High Rock and Mars Hill for a while or maybe this is your first time here. But if you're here today and you've never made a commitment to the Lordship of Jesus Christ, meaning you've never trusted and believed upon him and upon the name of him who came to save us. Jesus makes a great invitation and says, come to me, all ye who are weary. Come to the altar of the Lord. If you're here today and you've never made a commitment to the Lordship of Jesus Christ, I just want you to slip up your hand and I want to pray for you this morning. If you want to say, Pastor Joseph, I want to make a commitment to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. All you have to do is just slip up your hands. And by slipping up your hands, you're saying, Lord, I acknowledge that I'm a sinner and I need your strength today. If you're here today and you've never made that commitment and you say, I want to make that commitment, just slip up your hand. and We want to pray with you this morning. We want to pray with you this morning. Hallelujah. Come on, all over this sanctuary, let's pray as lives and hanging in the balance. If you're here today and you say, Pastor Joseph, that's me. I want to make a commitment to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. All you have to do is just simply put up your hand and you can put it right back down. We want to pray with you this morning. Amen. See that?